Hello and welcome once again to Hollywood RX. Your doctors are in. <clears throat> With me, as always, is the irreconcilable Adam Dooley and myself, Gregor Moyer. And today, the patient is the Revenant. <laughs> yes, and he doesn't look like he's doing well. We're going to need many, many sutures and uh, lots of cc's of one thing and another. Um, so, anyway, why don't you give me your opening volley on The Revenant? Um, I want to sum it up in two words. Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy made the movie for me. Wow. I thought I thought he was incredible. Yeah. I thought he was just he was so believable as that as that kind of as that character, as that kind of person and in that time setting he seemed very authentic, right. very uh, very comfortable. And uh, oh, that's funny that you used the word comfortable. Uh, I'm sure they were all miserable, but uh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I completely believe that none of the cast shaved or bathed or <laughs> cooked meat during the entire shoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it is a <clears throat> very gritty show. I um, I <clears throat> I found it I found it extremely well done on a technical level, mm -hmm. but um, I found myself strangely not very compelled. And I don't feel like the story had any surprises for me. It was more this visceral experience of this guy getting through it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a it's like a road movie, the the least fun road movie that ever ever occurred. Yes, it's a one legged road movie. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's not to say that. I mean, actually, I thought all the cast was excellent. Leo was certainly fantastic. Yeah. Um, but everything, I don't know. It didn't quite. That that that, that is my take in a nutshell. Okay. It, just, it didn't quite uh, grip. The scene with the bear is incredible, and yeah, uh, unbelievable. To for me, the 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 shot with the horse going over the cliff. Would have been worth the whole movie if I hadn't seen it in the fucking commercial already. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I had closed my eyes on all those things, so I had not really... It was one of those things where we got, you know, three shots into the first trailer when it first came out, and I went, I'm out. I closed my eyes and plugged my ears and... I, I did too, and then it, it just be, it became yeah. inundation in the yeah. last month or so. yeah. Um, you're not a DVR person, are you? Digital video recording. You're, I know you're... what it is. Okay, it's sorry. Just... <laughs> I'm. You I'm, watch I'm, TV. I'm, the I'm old... trying to think of a. I'm trying to think of a of an appropriately smartass <laughs> response. Okay. Well, that was pretty good. Um, because I don't see commercials anymore because of that. I just, as soon as whatever I'm watching, I just... Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so I'm protected a little bit with that. Um, 
but uh, it's very quaint of you. Uh, and, and there's something to be said for being, you know, the old-fashioned way. Well... Having, <laughs> having to wait or, through... Or, 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 the, or the very uh, old-fashioned cheap way. <laughs> well, that too. That too. But, um... <clears throat> yeah, nothing against... Uh, nothing against... Uh, DiCaprio for me. I thought... Generally speaking, he's, he's an actor who I think is, is very good... But I feel like he's kind of cold. I feel like he's kind of empty a little bit. And so this for me was possibly one of the best performances of his I've seen in a very long time. Like going back before Titanic and before he became the brand Leonardo DiCaprio and was just the up and coming Leonardo DiCaprio. Where I felt like his work was a little... Uh, cleaner and more organic and so I was very happy with what he did here but I still think that that Tom Hardy as an actor has much more of like an animal presence to him for me than DiCaprio does and mm-hmm. I feel like his part was was a more interesting part it had more shape to it <clears throat> how you know the question of just how far is his character willing to go you know how sleazy is he how horrible is he um was fun and there was i have to say almost nothing fun that happened to dicaprio (laughs) in this movie it was it was grueling to watch him it was a very uh it it was like it's like an ordeal to to watch this um so I, I'm saying that I liked him very much, but I still sort of feel as though this goes back to what you were saying about Hardy. I still sort of feel as though Hardy was living it, and DiCaprio was putting it on a little bit, uh, both figuratively and literally, in the sense that he was wearing, you know, special effects makeup, and he was, you know, at, at a certain point, his lips look more horrible than I've ever seen lips look anywhere. And and that may very well have been accurate, but it was also makeup, and so it's not really him. I'm not saying he's not acting, but um, as far as um, the craftsmanship that went into the actual making of the film from the directing side, I just thought it was masterful. I thought yes. it was beautiful to look at, <clears throat> and I don't think you could have gotten that level of sort of grit and and everything else if you if they hadn't gone out and done it the way they did it which was just brutally out in the cold out in the snow out in the miserable everything yeah um and i thought just on the sort of i don't want to drag too many other things that we've seen lately into this but in some ways i feel like i have to a little bit um, pound for pound, I prefer the the way they showed the landscapes here. These landscape shots they did in this movie, to me, were gorgeous. Over oh, yeah. the landscape shots in uh, Hateful Eight, with his seventy millimeter, you know, um, I just feel like like um, like 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 this should have been shot in seventy. Yes, yes, or that, or that, uh, yeah, I, I sort of feel like, I don't know, all, 
it's it's a little. I feel like choosing to shoot in seventy is a little bit of a hey look at me type move. And I and I never I never sat there thinking about uh, Inuratu when when I was watching this, but he was in every frame of it. I was thinking about him a lot actually. Okay. While I watch this, I just when when I watch when I watch Tarantino. Oh, you know, as long as I'm, we're going back and I'm touching on that anyway, I realize I forgot to say something. I need to do a little bit of a retraction about the hateful eight because I really uh, said some things that were uh, rather outrageous last time. And I can I can very quickly um, uh, uh, clear it up uh, for anyone who might have been uh, whatever. Everything that I with regards to the hateful eight, I take back everything I said. So moving on. Uh, no, I had I've seen it since then. I've seen it again. You've uh, seen it again. I saw it with my uh, wife and son. I had seen it with a friend prior to that. What kind of a parent are you bringing your child? <laughs> Well, he's 17. If he's too young to get in on his own... Then well, he's he... not. At 17, you can get it into an R-rated movie. It's not... Uh, it's oh, not, is that um, right? Oh, oh, okay. Now, back in my day, they... Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know where that was going to end. Um, back Sorry. in your day, we had, we had uh, uh, the Bad News Bears, which anyone could see when they were young, and it was full of all, full of all kinds of horrible stuff cursing and and uh, the racial slurs and everything else. It's a terrible movie for kids. I sat down with my sons when they were quite young. I go, hey, watch this movie from when I was a kid. And I was like, no, this was too soon. Too soon. But um, uh, anyway, I, I, I still feel like Tarantino is a little bit of a show-off, generally speaking. That he becomes the star, one of the stars of his own movie, whether he appears in, in a frame of it or not. And uh, I just, I, for this, I just felt it was very gracefully directed and, and uh, I don't know, I really oh, liked it. this was a lot more gracefully directed. But I think it's funny that you, that, that your, your, the way you're wording your, uh, your thing with Tarantino, because I feel like um, that's the same thing you just said about uh, Inyaratu is that he's in every frame. Like, isn't that basically saying he's... He's... Presence? Yes, yes, yes. But, but the difference for me is Tarantino is always saying, look at me. Look mm-hmm. at what I'm doing. That's what I feel. Hmm. I think they just come from different schools of, of filmmaking. I, 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 I don't... I understand what you're saying about Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I yeah. I just think. Well, his 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 goals are different. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but um, anyway. So getting, I mean, that's sort of it for me as a as a as an opening statement. Uh, I covered a little bit more than maybe I should have, but um, and certainly a little bit more of uh, Tarantino than I should have. <laughs> in an opening statement about somebody else. But, um, yeah, generally speaking, I liked this movie a lot. I think I liked it more than I liked, um, excuse me, uh, uh, Birdman. Oh, really? Yeah. You Not for you? Um, 
I'll have to get back to it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I really loved the way it was made, but it didn't, um, it didn't put the hook in me. And it's funny because... Right. You could say, I mean, and, you know, probably a lot of people, a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tale of survival, you know, as much as it is a tale of vengeance. Um, and that may be so, but I feel like it wasn't, if that's the case, it wasn't really bringing anything new to the table. And I offer up, in contrast to that, um, The Impossible, which, said, like, you know, said something about the value of human life and how that's, that's passed on to people. And that was... Um, you'll have to remind me. I, I know I haven't seen it, and shame on me. Uh, remind me who's in it, because I feel like there was another one out recently that was similar, but... This was uh, Naomi Watts, mostly, and uh, Ewan McGregor. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, and I don't know... Do you know the one I'm thinking of? No, there was another... <sighs> it was more pulpy... I'm trying to think that it was like, um... Sharknami? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't mean sci-fi channel, Pulpy. Oh, my God. I want to say... I can't think of who the guy is. I think it was a Wilson. I think it was a... Who's Luke Wilson? Oh, oh you mean the thing where he was, uh... uh trapped in a foreign country? Yeah, and there was a, uh... He's throwing his daughter off the roof? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess there was an uprising there, not a not a water rising uh, scenario. But I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, no, it had a very generic title, as I recall. But was it, uh, was it, it a Wilson? A, but it wasn't just a noun. I'm, I think I'm going to, I'm getting, I'm going to, and I'm not holding this against the Revenant, um, although I still haven't looked it up. I still haven't looked the word up yet. I don't actually know what the Revenant is. Um, but the movie didn't tell me. It couldn't even do that. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, by the way, it's, it's Owen Wilson, cutting, it's Owen Wilson, Lake Bell, and Pierce Brosnan. Does something. I'm sorry, go on. I said, no, I was just saying, I think I'm going to start boycotting movies that are titled just The Something. Oh, okay. The, whatever it is. Right, right. It's driving me nuts. Uh, is everything okay back there? Yes, yes. It's, okay. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Don't make me laugh. I'll start coughing. Um, <clears throat> no, it's sad that I would mistake uh, The Impossible for uh, No Escape. Um, I don't know why they were... Uh, no escape. Same part of my brain. Shame on us for not remembering that title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, yes, a, a Taylor's survival and. So, I don't know. I just, I, it, the story didn't really go anywhere. I wasn't expecting it to. Okay. Um, um. 
really at the end of the day, that's th- th- that's the bottom line. Was yes, this was really um, this was intensely made. This was earnestly earnestly acted, and it was spectacular visually. Yeah. But uh, I was a little, you know, the spell was broken for me when he's like I, after the second or third vision of his yeah. wife. Yeah, I feel that, like that stuff there was the in much the same way I felt about Birdman, where I felt that these whole sort of Birdman stuff. Is he, isn't he, does he have powers, is he just imagining it, all of that, didn't add to what I was enjoying about the story. The same thing I felt here, that presumably it starts with that scene where, you know, he's, or very near the beginning, where he's telling his son, or, you know, basically gets his son, you know, revives his son with this idea of don't ever stop trying to live. Right which I sort of feel like we all may have that just built into us as an idea. We just don't want to stop trying to live. Um, yes, but it's, it's, but I think as this movie demonstrates, you can find yourself in situations where a lot of people would just say, fuck it. Mm. Right. But honestly, I only feel like that scene existed to set up the idea that he has that ethic it was it was telling us, not showing us. In a sense, probably came on page seven. Page seven. I just mean the page on which the hero announces his whatever. Oh, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and it's not as though I couldn't have believed that he would struggle to stay alive if I didn't have that early scene. And it's not as though that scene was what made me go, oh, he must really love his son. Because I would have see, taken his love for his son as a, as a foregone conclusion. I See, that's funny, because uh, my reaction to that scene was that he was saying it as, as, as encouragement for his son to hang in. Like, oh, absolutely. The, that's the moment, you know, like... Absolutely, but... Don't give up. Absolutely, on the face of it, that that's what he's doing, but as far as I'm concerned, the screenwriter is doing it as foreshadowing and to set up. I mean, it, it functions on both levels. How would you have felt if, instead of opening the movie with that, if that scene came halfway through the movie after his son had been killed after the Indian picks him up or something like if, if it, if it happened then, how would you feel? How would you have felt? I think I would feel a little bit better about it now. My where it is right now. I absolutely don't need it. I feel like either they don't believe in the work that was to come or they right. didn't believe in my ability to understand what was going to come. But as it was, it was like them going, hey, yo, this is important, you know. That's right. For me. I re- that's right. And uh, I know that you, you similarly uh, hate uh, when a film will end with a printed 
a, a printed statement or, or command. Oh, really? Remember when we saw a long time ago when we saw higher learning? <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. I don't. But at the end, after everything we went through in the whole movie, <laughs> yeah. after the last shot, it cuts to the word unlearn, oh. filling the screen, and you railed against it. And, well, and those the exact same words that you said that's at hilarious. that time was that you don't believe in what you just gave me for the last two hours. Right. <laughs> well, I know I also have used yeah. it in, in And so two... it's funny now to just hear you say it, but flipped around, because now it's how you open the movie. You open uh, the movie on the wrong foot with Adam doing. <laughs> I, um, I know... I, I have for... the same thing. No, I have the same thing. For me, it's, it's, it's yeah. what I call the Sunset Boulevard syndrome. Okay. Spoiler alerts. What? <laughs> Yes. Well, yeah, but that's just it. It's that basic when, when the, or, or Carlito's Way does the same thing, too. It opens with our main character, like, on a stretcher. Right. And it's the thing, well, it's crazy how I got here. Right. And then the movie proceeds to tell me for the next two hours, I already know what happens. Right, 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 right. So, um, like, well, you set it up. <clears throat> failed in my opinion uh as far as gripping. well add insult to injury <clears throat> with that i saw sunset boulevard for the first time when i was visiting a college in new york so i must have been a, a senior in high school and they i was visiting like a you know a film analysis type class or whatever it was and the and the professor started by telling us the plot you know basically ruining the movie before the movie had a chance to ruin the movie um, I was so livid. I was like, I almost stormed out of there. I don't even go to school here, and I'm leaving. Uh, this is Emerson, I think. Uh, I was going to say, do you remember his name? Because then we can we can call it that. No, we can name the syndrome after him. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, but even before that, uh, going back to trains, planes, and automobiles, I was livid about the the scene on the train where Steve Martin flashes back on the six or eight different things that that John Candy had said along the way, and then he realizes, oh, he doesn't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving. And, and then he turns around and goes, finds him, or whatever. And even then, and that was a long time ago, I was, uh, I was insulted by the clumsiness of what was otherwise a really well-built, fun movie. And in a very small way, you have this come up in Sixth Sense as well. Um, but um, it's critically necessary or no one's going to get it. Right. <clears throat> Although, um, actually, I did think it was handled quite well in this extent. I do, in too. In terms of, uh, you know, the extent to which it was communicated. It was not... It, it, was, it was elliptical. It was, right. it was, it was appropriately skipped. Yes. And it wasn't heavy-handed. Uh... Yes, I forgave him more in that for reasons and I'll go into later. I don't ever have since. Yes. <laughs> like no, that's true. Um, hey, so so just, nice. just going back for a second to this uh, this, this this Sunset Boulevard incident of did I hear you slip in the name Everson? No, Emmer, Emerson with an M. Emerson. Oh, okay. That was the school or that was the professor? That was the school. Okay, I, because because there's a there there's a 
There's William K. Everson at NYU. Oh. No, it was definitely not NYU. Okay. Uh, He's a very well-known author, writer about film. Oh, okay. No, 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 it wasn't. Professor. The... So it just would have been funny if <laughs> if that was the guy. Right. Uh, no, I, his, his name I have no idea. I have no idea at all. So I don't know how we got off over there. <clears throat> I'm, I'm lost. Oh, cause, well, because, because basically because, it, the, because you were saying how um, the Revenant spoiled it for you right off the bat because it, oh, it basically... Yeah. Right, right. Verbalized right, right. for you. Well, it just—it just was disappointing visually. for me to have that there, because it was telling me stuff that I could easily have taken as a given. Later, father loves his son, wouldn't want his young child to die, would say what he needed to to get him through or whatever. Um, and then you were saying maybe move it to later and and possibly, but I'm not sure you would ever actually need it, because. When you see them interact, you know that he cares deeply for this boy and that they're very connected to one another. So uh, in the scenes where, you know, uh, they're, pre- they're present-day scenes, no flashbacks. In general, I didn't need his sort of flashback, uh, dream world, vision-type uh, stuff at all. I didn't feel like it added anything for me uh, dimensionally. No, and in fact, I feel like it, it, he, introdu- he, 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 he introduced things and then did not do anything with them. Like, for example, the pile of skulls. Right. That was an it's incredible image. visual the first time. Yeah. But it felt undeveloped. Uh, agreed. Uh, I'd just as soon not have developed it or seen it all in, in the first place um, or the last place. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I get a little annoyed when people say, oh, you know, he was he's seeking revenge because uh, they left him for dead. Say that one more time, I'm sorry. Uh, I've heard people saying, I don't know, on the radio, TV, whatever... Oh, he's 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 out for re- revenge because they left him for dead after this attack. You is that what people say? That's what I, I'd heard a couple times. I was finding it annoying. I mean, I understand they're not necessarily wanting to give away the plot, but he's not after them because they left him for dead. First of all, there's no them. It's it's Tom Hardy. It's a single guy that he's looking yes. for, and it's because he killed his son. Yeah. But hang on, well, here, I want to talk to you for a minute. Is it possible people are saying that to avoid a spoiler? Uh, possibly, possibly. But these are people so stupid, I, I can't imagine they thought it out that much. Um, more likely they didn't even see it. Um, let me ask you this. Ask away. Do you feel that he was trying to signal Tom Hardy to go ahead and smother him, or was he not trying to signal that? Oh, I think he was he was shutting his eyes in refusal to 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 give him a blink okay. to even participate in this. Right, because again, I've heard people. I can't say who. No, I don't remember who. But there's oh. a there's a vocal contingent that says that was a deliberate blink, 
And I'm like, no, that was a guy who knows at some point he's going to have to blink. And he doesn't want to blink, so he closes right. his eyes to avoid blinking. Right. But yeah, that's how I took it. Yeah. Do you think that's how Tom took it? Or did he just go, fuck it? Do you think that when no, he started to smother him, he was just killing him anyway? No. Uh, yeah, he was just killing him anyway. Then why ask? Why say, hey, give me a signal? Oh, that, well, that's like a device that's been used a lot of times. Like, okay. you know, like the spit off my wrist or, you know, hey, boy, you know, like, 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 well, I got an itch on my wrist. Come scratch it. You know, like, make it look like I'm killing you in something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have no so idea what I'm talking about. I you? sort of do. Okay. Um, you look right. like you don't. I just mean when, um, you know, someone will say, like, you know, yeah, you know, like, just tell me one thing. How do you say, what's the word for fuego in English? I don't know. Fire. Oh, fire. Oh, I see. Thank it shoots you. you. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, yes, yes, yes. It's just sort of, it, it, it's sort of like just a nasty way of rubbing it, of like rubbing it in. Okay. Okay. To like to like put the person in a position where they're asking for it, right. even though they're going to get killed anyway. Right. It feels like, I don't know, because ultimately, the his real crime was well, I don't know. It was killing the son and leaving the father for dead is the crime altogether. So I'll stop trying to. Break it down or justify it or whatever. Um, justify it? Well, when I say... I'm trying to decide whether I think it's more interesting if he honestly thought that Leo DiCaprio was saying, yeah, go ahead, kill me. No. Or is it more interesting if he says, I don't care, I don't care what your answer is, I'm going to kill you anyway. No. <laughs> no. Sorry, no. No, yeah. I'm just trying yeah. to sort it out. Uh, that's uh, th that 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 would have been interesting ambiguity, but I don't think it exists here. Okay. All right. <clears throat> um, I will I will have to take your word for it. Uh, yeah, well, doubling back to that bear. Yeah. I, 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 my brain it just melts. I didn't see Andy Circus's name in the credits. <laughs> Good call. Um, Did I blink? True enough. Uh, yeah, I, I, I also don't know how they did it. But, well, I mean, again, this, well, just what? the camera work in, in that first raid sequence. Yeah. There's yeah. something where, like, like, we suddenly pick up and follow the, the Indian chief yes. on his horse. Yeah. And then follow him down when he gets shot or something. It was just one of these like impossible shots. It's probably, you know, it's 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 like sewn together from Right. The, just the choreography of it was too astonishing yes. it for for it to have been the single shot it appeared to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I um, can't imagine. Yeah. But um yes, the bear. Oh yeah. I mean I, I tried not to get too caught up in how are they doing this, how are they doing this, because my brain was just like, you don't even want to know. If I had to guess, he's on a, a series of ropes that they can remove digitally that can yank him and pull him in various directions. 
and then they just lay a, a bear in on top of that, or or they have some. <laughs> I'd like to see the uh, the outtake. Some uh, grip is <laughs> hulking over him, a bear of a man himself, doing all kinds of terrible things to to DiCaprio. But the uh, how, how did you feel about like the breath on the lens and the uh, that sort of yeah no the proximity? breath on the lens uh, you know unfortunately it. Uh, <clears throat> That that was another thing that, that that completely yanked me out of whatever I may have been recaptured at that point. Um, no, it's the same thing. From it's the same heartbreak I feel with uh, Children of Men. There's a scene in there <laughs> where blood splatters on the lens, right? And it keeps and the shot keeps going. And I'm like, oh, really? Right. You couldn't like that had to be the take you used, right? And and this one, yeah, it just. When the cameras well, physically acknowledge, that's like a deal breaker for me in a narrative film like this. Right, but uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I didn't. I understand what you're talking about, and I occasionally have that problem too. <clears throat> it's a way of breaking the fourth wall, essentially. It's not direct address to the audience, but it might as well be because it acknowledges the presence of a camera. It did not pull me out of it, however. What it did, and I think this is what it was there. This is what it was there. This is. It was there at, to function, and the function that it had was to make the bear real. Because CGI bears don't have breath to fog the lens. That has oh. to have been done in post, and it's it makes the bear a real bear. Bear, don't bear. <laughs> I would see. I thought I. I... I thought, if anything, they left it in because it almost it almost brought you into, like, up in DiCaprio's face that, while it was that, happening. That, too, that, that, you that, say, that, I, I think that's the effect that they were going for. But you say, very, hang on, but you say left it's, it in. I'm sorry? You say left it in, and I don't think it was practical. I think it was a choice that was made during pre-production as a shot... And there is no fog on the lens. Mm. They added that afterwards because there is no bear to blow the fog on the lens. And trying to time that <clears throat> live is much more difficult than just adding it later mm. when you're adding the bear anyway. Blood spattering on the lens, that's one thing. But even that can be digital. True. Not probably in Children of Men, although maybe. Probably not. I can't imagine why. But I, I think that I think that that <clears throat> a moment in Fight Club too, where he, where the film of Fight Club kind of drifts off, like it's about mm. to, like a, you see the sprocket holes, right, right, like it's about to burn up in the projector, and then it mm -hmm. comes back, and I have the same feeling there too. I'm like, ah, oh. right. Otherwise. Getting yeah. too precious. Yeah. Um, okay. I rather liked it. You rather didn't. Uh, it's funny how that keeps working out. See, you know, I, I just, well, I mean, I, I suppose I should have, I suppose that in between uh, leaving the theater and, and, and coming home and doing this, I should have read up on how they did that because I am, because I'm, been thinking nonstop in the background of my brain. 
yeah. how they did all that. And I know that there's there are already like articles about you know yeah. exactly how they did that scene. So I'm going to find out as soon as we're done with this. Okay. And probably feel like a fool. But, um, <laughs> well, I we'll just, revisit it later. There's, there's something where like maybe they filmed a real bear against a green screen or with a green screened human figure, and then they kind of laid DiCaprio in over it, or I don't know. I mean, right. There certainly weren't any, uh, you didn't see any like disjointed lines from a composite shot. Right. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't imperfect in that sense. So oh, I don't no, know. It was, uh, it was, it was flawless, but I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was green screened. I think you could just straight out do it with, um, <clears throat> with CGI sort of after the fact. Um, I mean, basically, you could um, you could Roger Rabbit it with DiCaprio is Bob Hoskins and the bear is Jessica Rabbit or anybody where he's interacting with them. Did you just use that as an example just so that we could tag who framed Roger Rabbit? No, I honestly believe it. I also think it's funny to say that DiCaprio is Bob Hoskins. Because they're very dissimilar from one another. Yes, they are. And if Bob Hoskins hears this, he will, uh, he will show How you. dare you impugn my integrity as a journalist? I take this very seriously. <laughs> you bastard. What movie no. is that from? Huh? What movie is that from? <laughs> Who framed Roger Rabbit? No, no, what you just said. Oh, uh, probably we, Network? We, I don't know. Spotlight. I don't know. Now I am just saying things out loud. Oh, man. <laughs> this is the point where everyone wants their money back. For... <laughs> oh, that happened a long time ago. <laughs> uh, oh, who are we kidding? Yeah. It's probably all just a bunch of, like, you know, marketing interns who have to, like, you know, <laughs> to, uh... have to, like, transcribe every review out there. <laughs> well, the joke's on them. Um, yes, it's. But, uh, I, yeah, I thought the horse going off the thing, fantastic. I just thought all of the, I just thought it was visually uh, perfect, essentially. Um, I love all that stuff where they've got the, huh? <laughs> I love, in the beginning, <clears throat> basically they're trappers. They're, they're yeah. fur traders yeah. on this larger corporate scale. And, you know, they're attacked and they grab what they can and they get pile into the boat and then they get off. And they're like, where are we going to hide this stuff? And this is all too valuable and just leave here. I love that sort of part of it as they sort of had to give up yeah. what was precious to them and, 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 and give, you know, just leave stuff behind. Right. Um, <clears throat> was very uh, cool. And then ultimately, uh, you know, Hugh Glass or whatever his name is, uh has to sac he ends up sacrificing the most precious thing to him entirely. Um, what did you feel? It's so funny to me because, <clears throat> I mean, Tom Hardy had this insane year last year, um, 2015. Yeah. Uh, he had, what was it? He had Legend. Legend? He had Mad Max Fury Ma Road. Which right. Which he wasn't, like, he didn't 
do as much as Thurgis Charlie is there in it, but he was clearly there. I mean, oh, that was, Jesus, yes. Uh, he's actually said that he, he could not have managed to get through this movie if he hadn't done that one. Wow. That the, the physical unpleasantness of shooting Mad Max prepared him for the next level of unpleasantness. Wow. But he, he also had, uh, oh, Legend, I said it, were the Cray Brothers. Yeah. And um, oh, really early in 2015, he did something called Child... 44, like a Russian... Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't quite get it up for that. No? No, not <clears throat> not quite. Um, so he's had this incredible year. Yeah. Um, and I did want to touch on something else. He's, he's in... There's a British TV series called Peaky, P-E-A-K-Y, Peaky Blinders, mm-hmm. with uh, Cillian Murphy, or Killian Murphy, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, where they're basically criminal factions, you know, in the 1800s in England. Um, it's a really good, dark, fun show. And, uh, and, you know, in 2014, Tom Hardy's doing TV. He didn't need to do TV. Mm. He was already, you know, Dark Knight Rises and Lawless and, you know, everything. He was a warrior. He was on top of the world. So this cat is really interesting in the stuff he chooses. So... Yeah. We got him in this. We got uh, DiCaprio, who is is fantastic, and then yeah. we have our old friend. I'm going to mispronounce Don- it again, but Domhnall yeah. Gleeson. I heard it recently pronounced uh, Donal, as though the the M and the H aren't in there. So Donal Gleeson. I will start using it. I will start using that pronunciation. But well, I was you- all up in this guy's dress this year with Ex Machina and Brooklyn, and he was in, wasted in Star Wars and all this stuff. So we have these guys who are just... These names keep coming up over and over again, but it's because it's such a big year for them. Yeah. And Will Poulter. Who was the kid, like the younger kid in this thing. Oh, yeah. Who was running... I think he gave a, uh, an Indian woman a piece of bread or something. He was traveling with Tom Hardy. Like the innocent witnessing the yeah, evil yeah, yeah. that was Tom Hardy. And it's familiar to me. I see. I don't know what you might know him from. <laughs> I mean, everything that I see that he's in is stuff I can't imagine you came anywhere near. The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. <laughs> Were you? Did you camp out in front of the theater for that one? No. Um, yeah, I went to the Thursday midnight show. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> he was in a movie called uh, We're the Millers, in which he was fucking hilarious. Unbelievable. He was or the movie was? Huh? He was or the movie was? He was. The movie I can... You know, it's all right. It's um, uh, Jason Sudeikis and hmm. Jennifer... America's Sweetheart, Jennifer Aniston. No. And Pretty Woman's uh, cousin, Roberts. Eric Roberts? No, 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 no. <laughs> a girl. There's a young girl whose last name is Roberts who's related to... <laughs> so bad at this. To Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts, like niece or something. Emma. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. That name's familiar, too. Anyway, it was a, it's, a, it's not really a drug movie, a uh, drug comedy, but it sort of is. He was also in The Maze Runner, another thing I don't think you saw, but you would have seen him in trailers. Maybe that's what he's familiar print to me from. In all these things. And I just loved him in this. I thought his wide-eyed innocent was 
terrific. Yeah, no, he was excellent. Um, my wife pointed out to me that uh, when he and Tom Hardy arrived at that fort, he already he was, he had his little little stash going. Yes. Um, like that detail. Yes. His sad little. But it did not make up for uh, <laughs> the guy. The guy just randomly shooting a horse in the beginning of the film. That absolutely horrified my wife. Right. Um, <laughs> well, I, I wonder, was she more horrified by the other things that followed? Or was that like everything else was a letdown? No. I, well, I'd have to ask her. I don't, she, didn't, she didn't react as strongly or as negatively, but just... She, uh, she, she, she was really disgusted by that. Like on a moral, on a moral level, not uh, like, all right. not, not like from the blood or anything, but just right, like. Right. That's uh, that that was the the line too far, and it happened immediately. Yeah, pretty much for her. Pretty much, pretty much, in any depiction of animal cruelty will shows right. over okay. for her. I mean, I see. Yeah, but understanding that it's just a depiction of it and not an actual animal cruelty. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she knows it's not a, like that. They're not doing that to a real animal. Right. Okay. But just the fact that it's condoned, thought of. Right. Just yeah. She. I don't know. It, it, I, no, I don't want to go into the whole thing. You can edit this out later. But she. <laughs> no, my wife just feels she feels very. She connects with characters in a much different way than you and I. Okay. She she uh, she she just doesn't. I mean, she she grew up without a television. Okay. She she's that experiment (laughs) now as an adult. Yeah. Um, I can see what it leads to. uh, Huh? I said I can see what it leads to. I've been numbed by animal cruelty, so I. Well, no, that's that, that's something else. But okay. Just that she, yeah. So she, she kind of feels for characters differently than we do. Okay. It's hard to describe, but anyway. But, but I'm sorry. I know. I know. I'm not editing any of this out, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Can you connect the dots between her not having a TV and how she in, ingests these things? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, I do. Um, because she has had so little exposure to television and what television communicates to us as a culture, uh-huh. um, she doesn't have those. She doesn't have the references. She doesn't have references to things in pop culture that we take for granted. Gilligan's Island. Oh, right. That is. I, I was, we were talking with friends the other day, and someone dropped a Room 237 reference. She had no idea. Oh, wow. Or the Overlook Hotel. She had right. no idea what he was talking about. Right. Um, so there, there is a, a byproduct of that is um, that movies are still kind of like not new. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, once you got to college, she, you know... Yeah. <laughs> it's all what television can, you know, is all about. Right. But 
she she has a a different. I don't know. There's still like a wide eyedness in it. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. That's uh, that's cool and a little, <clears throat> a little, a little weird. I'm not sure how I could. Uh, I mean, one of the the joys of, you know, talking to my wife is the deep level on which we share those many of those references. And just to be fair, listen, I, I think a very uh, there's Gilligan's Island, and that hits a very broad spectrum of people of a certain age, but two, three, seven. It takes a. It's a much smaller subset. I don't think. Uh, you know, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have said too. No, no, no. It's fine because it, I knew it what you meant. It's actually an Overlook Hotel reference. No, no, I, I understand. I, I totally understand this. The the obscure sort of shining reference, but but not even. I mean, things like Norman Bates. Right. Means nothing to her. Right. Um, but there's also, and I don't know if this is, you know, because if this is part of it or not. I think it is. Yeah, but she has a hard time determining in what era something is taking place. Oh, just based on visual cues, hmm. like the way someone's dressed. Right. You and I will be able to tip the week. We could tell the difference instantly between the twenties and the fifties. Well, yes. Yeah, I, she. If you put those two next to next to each other for her and asked her to put years on them, I'm not sure. Right. I might have trouble twenties to thirties, thirties to forties. Anything after the fifties, I'm pretty solid on, and I'm but, actually getting really but, good at the. But 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 my question is this: How do we know about that? Well, because we grew up watching a lot of old television, right? And right. you know, we kind of gleaned that. The Abbott and Costello show was made earlier than the Brady Bunch. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, right. We, we sort of have a visual uh, reference point for time periods based on popular culture. Right. And absorbing popular culture over years and years. Yes. Yes. Although I, I think that, well, yeah. I'm saying, like, you know, if I saw. Edward R. Murrow or versus Walter Cronkite, I would know that too, and it's not quite popular culture. Right. But in any case. Um. Well, and, and also, just to double back for a second, what I was saying before about how she is like absorbed differently. Um, yes. what, I, what I should also add to that is, um, and, and this is really what it is, what's symptomatic. Um, she she doesn't know like what's a cliche, huh? And what's you know uh, grown? You know, like you're stealing it from that movie, right? Right. Um, so it, it comes up very often when she's like, "Well, yeah, but, but it meant this," and I'm like, "Yeah, and it has for the last hundred years." <laughs> you know, like I'm. <laughs> she does. So you know what I mean? Like, I do. Okay. Um, all right. Well, for those of you who have been riveted by this discussion of Dr. Gregor's uh, wife, <laughs> Dr. Uh, analysis of for those of you who his star patient haven't been, I, my apologies for the follow-up question, but I was genuinely interested. Um, so I have just sort of one more area of this movie yes. that that uh, I think 
uh, merits some discussion, which is essentially the end. Um, and I'm wondering uh, how you felt about the 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 final five minutes. Say, I mean, they they have their hand to hand fight and whatever that is, but as that fight comes to an end. And DiCaprio makes, uh, you know, his decision. Where were you with that? I, hmm. Yeah, the last five minutes were kind of a big problem for me. Okay. Um, actually, the decoy scene was where I completely folded my hands <laughs> waited for the movie to end. Oh, really? You have to forgive me. Uh, it has been a little while. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he, he, he goes after... He, it says after he gets back to the fort and he goes out with the other guy yeah. after Fitzgerald and Fitzgerald happens upon the other guy and kills him and... <clears throat> DiCaprio comes across the body, carries it along with him. <clears throat> and at some point we see DiCaprio cut a large part of a branch. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Tree branch off. And then the next scene, Tom Hardy is from a distance tracking him and takes a shot at the man on the horse. And right. he falls over and was supposed to think it's DiCaprio. But then it turns out it's the body of the other one. And I felt like... This was like the, I, I was astonished, it, but it wasn't just the editing; it was just the choreography, the way the way it was directed. But it, it felt to me like an excruciatingly long time before, be, before uh, Glass let his let let his trick pay off. Oh, okay. He was so slow to draw out. I was like, we all get it. We know it. We get it. <laughs> Why isn't he coming out shooting? Like, right, right. Much uh, like, much, much like in 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 uh, Force Awakens, when uh, when Han Solo is killed. Oh, I see that beat. And, and, and there was like a ten second, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pa- yeah. you know, pause of silence, moment of silence before the shooting started again. Uh, that that ended up being a movie I saw twice, I think. I'm pretty sure. I think you did too. And um, the second time, that moment was a little less egregious in in Force Awakens, but it's still, you know, <clears throat> what's his name? Uh, the villain. This is terrible. Oh, uh, Ray. No. No, Kylo Ren. 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 Uh, he just stands there for, it's just way too long. You can justify what the other people were doing, but it doesn't, you know, in theory, he's not going, oh, dear God, what have I done? He knew what he was doing, and he did it. So, he's not stunned by his own actions. It doesn't read that way, anyway. Um, so they had, they basically lost you at that moment with the, with the decoy and just the well, it just, it just pulled me out. No, I, I knew it was a decoy and I thought it was smart. But once Tom Hardy comes upon it, you know, he sees the stick. Right. He turns the body over. He sees the uniform. Right. The bullet hole. 
like and and we have to wait for him to go to like lift the head off yeah. the, the the hood off and reveal the face and all this time I'm like why how, why isn't he dead already yeah why yeah exactly yeah, yeah. why what's the hold up here um but then cert- that, so that's certainly the point for of a you, sneak attack <clears throat> so certainly for you uh ultimately DiCaprio's decision to push him into the water and let whatever happens happens Give I up had on a his problem revenge. with the line. I had a problem with the with the line and the logic uh, that uh, you know revenge is something for God. To that's not how God works, right? As I understand it, right? So you know, I'm not buying this 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 like Indian mystical philosophy that was. I'm not even sure that's Indian. To be Part fair to the Indians, Native American. Well, no, I don't mean it that way. <laughs> but um, uh, listen, we're not a we're not a PC pair at this point. We've crossed the line uh, with the hateful eight. But um, uh, more more to the point, he didn't seem to be a person who much uh, cared about religion prior to that. True. I mean, maybe spirituality, but not in the sense of. You know, after, after someone, after you go through all that, yeah, and you and finally you have that son of a bitch. In yeah, your hand. it I never works for me when they, when 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 the good guy decides no. Right. Well, yes. Like, um, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, at the very but least, he could have he could have taken him to justice and let him hang, or whatever. Um, but to sort of yeah, I suppose turn him over to the and then eventually so they sort of wanted to have their cake and eat it too. The Indians do kill him, correct? The Native Americans. I don't know. Oh, did they just scalp him or did they oh, kill him? All right, I very After good. The One of a series too? of questions, but it felt like have your cake and eat it too. They wanted DiCaprio to have this moment where he was then clean somehow uh, of you know, not being a vengeful person, and then uh, and then give the audience presumably what they wanted, which was to see the guy die, but that's not how we, that's not how I wanted to see it happen. Yeah. Um, and I only wanted to see it happen that way. Nor did my 17-year-old, by the way. He was highly dissatisfied with that choice. Who was? Uh, my son. Oh, yeah, no, so was my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that uh, that my, I can't remember my wife was not so verbal about it, but uh, definitely my kid was like, what the, what is that? You know. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, was that very, very ending, like a Sopranos type deal? What the hell went on there? Um, I didn't, I've never seen the Sopranos, so I, I don't oh. know, what I don't know. The moment you're referencing All right. there, but uh, you're talking about the when DiCaprio just slowly turns and looks into the camera. I'm, I'm guessing that's what you mean. Yeah, looks into the camera, then the camera goes black, but I think the audio stays going for a second. Oh, well, that's nothing new. Uh, I understand, but I didn't know what it was to, supposed to mean. I didn't know what anything was supposed to mean anymore. I don't care. You know, I disconnected. But do you uh, get a sense of what that... <laughs> 
Honestly, I wanted to not like it, but I did kind of find it effective, if only because there were so many extreme close-ups of faces throughout the movie that it it seemed to work as like the the, the final the final end of that thread okay visually normally I would not be a huge fan of it but I like I said I I, I wanted to I wanted to not like it but into but I, I found it very effective why would it um why would it bother you normally I have a thing about direct address it just doesn't oh, work. I see. Um, I, every, everyone thinks that uh, because I'm a music freak, everyone thinks that High Fidelity is like my favorite movie of all time. And right. I love the book. And within two minutes, the mo- I, I I knew I wasn't gonna like that. like I was oh. like oh right because that because the whole movie he's he's doing direct address to the camera. That's how they chose to adapt. Right, the first person, Wait a voice of the book, into into the film, and it just it just pulled. It's another one. It's just another pull out technique. Uh, like, uh, I'm sorry, like, you like lost me. Lens and the breath and the breath and everything else. It's just it's a it's a fourth wall address. That's right. Okay, like I see what you're saying. Um, I'm sorry. I think I see what you're saying. I need to go back and just say that I did you say high anxiety? No. What 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 movie were you talking about? Just now. I mean, I understood what you were saying, but I didn't know what movie you were talking about. Um, High Fidelity. Fidelity. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> I'm sitting there going, I didn't know there was a book for high anxiety. <coughs> um, High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Yes, uh, is that Hornby or Hornsby? Yes. Oh, okay. Hornby. See, I think it's really weird and cool how the same people keep cropping up, but sometimes going back twenty years or whatever. I don't know. It's just interesting. It all goes. You know, Kevin Bacon gets all the credit for the six degrees, but the whole goddamn business is six degrees. It is now. <laughs> I guess so. I don't even know what that meant, but I think it's funny. As of when? What was the demarcation? Just I oh, think I don't it, know. No, it's a gradual thing, like cell phones. Just um, everyone had them. I sort of felt like um, I didn't know. I didn't know what to take from that look to the camera, or whatever. And I took it to mean that he himself uh, was was dying or was about to die. Oh, I didn't take it that way. All right. Although, although he he did seem very dissatisfied somehow, the look on his face. Uh huh. I I can't help but think, you know, well, you, then you shouldn't have let him go down the river. <laughs> That's what you get. Maybe you'd still, yeah, and maybe you, maybe you wouldn't have such a sour puss. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
Yeah, well, he learned his lesson. Think about that, Leprolips. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think we've, we've brought this conversation as far as it can possibly go. I think so, too. I think so, too. I did want to touch on a couple of quick things, and I'll do it real quick. Yes. Uh, let me see. This has to do with what some of these actors have coming up, which sound, some, some of which sounds interesting to me. Um, Tom Hardy is working with Chris Nolan in a movie that will come out in 2017 uh, called Dunkirk, which is about uh, the historical evacuation of Dunkirk at the beginning of World War II. I think that'll be awesome. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is in it. And, a, and a, an actor who was, uh, came, sort of uh, came out, had his debut this year, an older actor named Mark Rylance, who's been nominated for his work in Bridge of Spies. Uh-huh. And he's a terrific stage actor, and he was the best thing for me about Bridge of Spies. Um, there are too many Brits. I can't keep up with them. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Gone are the days when it was just Michael Caine and, and Maggie Smith. Now they're... <laughs> right. And, uh, I want to say Joel Gray, but I don't think he's English, is he? Nope. Okay. Uh, are you like a Christopher Nolan guy, if whatever it is you want to see it? Mostly. I, okay. I, I, I hate to kind of, I don't know, openly pledge that kind of allegiance. But, uh, yes, I, 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 am, I am excited to see his... To see work of his. Oh, cool. And for the most part, I've been rewarded. Yes, I, I'm interested. I'm kind of in because I, I don't love all of it. I didn't love Insomnia. Insomnia? You, really? You loved it? No, I'm saying I How? didn't. Oh, you didn't love it? No. I thought it was largely not good at all. I mean, it's a fantastic cast, but... Um, it didn't. It didn't add up for me. But uh, and then Will Poulter. It's funny that he would, of all these different people, that he'd be the guy. Uh, he's he's rumored to be playing Pennywise in the redo of It. Ooh. Um, and I just am interested. I mean, hmm. I'm more interested because it's him than if it's not him. Well, that would be interesting. Although part of me does feel a little sad that. Someone's going to take it away from Tim Curry. Because <laughs> well, that's one of many, many roles that he owns. Yeah. And always should. I mean, aren't they talking about redoing... Uh... Oh, no, they're talking about doing it on TV. What, Rocky, uh, Rocky Horror? Horror. Rocky Horror is going to be done live on TV. Um, it'll be terrible. Mm. Like that Grease they just did. Um, and then also Will Poulter is doing something called War Machine, hmm. which is, um, <clears throat> uh, not, pr- it's a, it's a, a, a dramedy satire of America's war with Afghanistan, because that's hilarious. Um, but he's working with Brad Pitt, that, Will Poulter and Brad Pitt, I mean, this kid is this has really got uh, some stock. And then also in that film is listed Emery Cohen, who was the boyfriend in Brooklyn. So all these things just keep converging back on themselves in these really interesting ways for me. So 
I'm not interested in War Machine particularly, but uh, I'm interested in the fact that all these different uh, people keep crossing each other's paths. I think it's all super cool. Um, I haven't seen any trailers lately. I don't imagine you have either. Um, I saw the trailers today for... Um, what was it called? 44 Years? This thing, this British movie with Tom Courtenay and Charlotte Rampling. Uh, oh, I Older thought it was 45. Couple. What is it? I thought it was 45 Years, but it doesn't matter. Maybe 45, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's the prequel. Yeah. Um, which I thought was brilliant programming for putting that in front of uh, The Revenant. Right. That was just, that's masterful marketing. Um, <laughs> and uh, Independence Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not particularly interested. I mean, that's the kind of thing that if my kid or kids want to see it, then maybe we'll go, but not otherwise. Uh, but definitely very excited about Hail Caesar. Yes. Uh, we're definitely going to see that, and we'll talk about that next time, I hope. Yes. And and, and, and my, my prediction of the future of yes. the week is that you will end up seeing the Independence Day sequel with your boys. Okay. Heard it here first, folks. All right. I, I take that, and I hope that I will run with it. I hope it's true. Um, listen, folks, we want to thank you for hanging in with us, those of you who are still with us after so many of our... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Take that, marketing interns. <laughs> yes. So many of our tangents. Um, uh, so bless you for, for listening and for uh, supporting. Uh, be sure to uh, like us on Facebook and, Facebook. and we're, we're, review us and give us a stars or whatever on iTunes. And um, there's a Twitter, which you can find in the, um, in the notes for this show. I believe it's uh, at Hollywood underscore RX, at Hollywood underscore RX. Are and shoot us a line. Are you, are you doing? Are you doing the the, the tweets for the show? Well, I set it up because someone had t- tweeted me on a different uh, a different ID. So I okay. said about the show. They found they tracked me down on my other identities, and uh, from the other podcast I do, and they uh, they did that. So now we have a Hollywood RX Twitter account, and uh, and you can write us there and go, hey, you did well, or <laughs> you know, stick to the topic. Whatever it is you want to say, let us know. Uh, Until next time, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for listening. The doctors are out.